Yo, and welcome to the 24th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I am your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, aka Mellow underscore Magikarp, and I'm joined today by two very special, very temporary guest hosts. Joining us for the fourth or fifth time is Locke. Fifth. fifth? There we go. Is Locke, yeah. aka Dullock. Heyo. And joining us for the first time is an up-and-coming content creator who is riding our coattails. Luke Morsa, a.k.a. Celio's Network. <laughs> Hello, everyone. So today, we've got a very special episode. We're going to do some rapid strike questions to get to know Mr. Network a little bit better. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Evolving Skies, which at the time of recording has not yet released. By the time you listen to this, it might already be out on PTCGO. You might already have the product in your hands. But we're going to talk about a little bit of the set. And then our main topic for today is going to be post-rotation. What is looking good in the Sword and Shield to Evolving Skies format? What do we like about it? What is potentially questionable? All that other good stuff. And then we'll take some questions from Twitch chat. As always, we're recording this live on twitch.tv slash mellow underscore Magikarp. So Locke, how's your week been? I got to uh, Masters in Pokemon Unite yesterday. Let's All go. solo teams. So. Yeah. <laughs> What's your main? <laughs> um, it's like half Eldegoss and half Ninetales. Let's go. Broken lock. Luke, how's your week been? Um, what's today? Today's Tuesday. Tuesday? <laughs> okay, yeah. Um Yeah, not bad. Um this week's basically just about getting ready for the big release weekend, you know, as a content creator. I'll yeah. try to not leave my chair as much as possible for Thursday through Sunday. And uh last week I took a little break from YouTube videos, so I didn't hate Pokemon when the new set was coming out. <laughs> That's so what... um trying to get my butt back into gear with producing stuff this week. It's a really tough time of the year. I've seen you playing in the chill tournament on Wednesdays. And every yeah. time I'm just like like I know why, but why are you still doing this? <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I, I didn't play in chill tournaments for like six months because the game was just not enjoyable um so like and now i actually want to juice everything i can out of the store out of the uh team up through chilling rain format because it's actually a it's actually the pokemon trading card game right now yes and like i actually want to play it so i don't mind that much playing in these long tournaments because it's only a two month long format with no real tournaments so i and also i've been playing things that i actually i really enjoy playing like i I made phase two with Shadow Alk, which is just the best deck. And I made phase two with the Delmize VMAX deck. And Delmize yeah. VMAX is such a cool card that hasn't been getting to play, gotten to play too much. So I don't mind doing those long streams. And, you know, while I was in school and not able to play those late night tournaments, people were always asking me, you know, they want to see me play. So I'm getting the chance to do that now a little bit and enjoy the first team up on format that's not making me want to rip my teeth out. I do have to say, this format has been very enjoyable. I've lost all motivation purely because there's no Players Cup, and I realize, yeah. bro, yeah. I need something official. But I played recently in the Tabletop Village Weekly IRL tournament. Very important to note. And I played Agro yeah. Delmize. I lost to Calvin nice. Connor in top eight in the mirror match, who is A, a very good player, and B, the mirror match is stupid. But <laughs> like you, that deck is so much fun. It's just tag calls yeah. fun. Delmize, bro swinging chain the amount of people yeah. who would read the card and then forget that that can do like 180 <laughs> yeah like i've used bottle. that in 
post-rotation testing a lot of you swinging chain um we're gonna get to that yeah (laughs) yeah irl is also a big thing like the i think i would have yeah basically like right now we're in a neutral format that feels like it feels amazing because of how bad the other one did so in in comparison it feels great but it's just like it's it's an okay format um but i'm sure playing it irl is even better oh yeah irl is just always particularly fun plus playing while not streaming or not content mm-hmm. creating because i know sometimes you record youtube not streaming it's just it's a different mm-hmm. ball game where you're entirely focused and it's yeah. like oh yeah i'm a competitor <laughs> like mm, it's, it's this yeah. different vibe yep are you ready for your rapid strike questions yeah let's bring it on baby all right so you're gonna have 60 seconds to answer as many of these as you can no explanation yep. just answer straight off the top of your head are you ready? Gotcha. Yep, let's do it. All right, question number one. What is your go-to late-night snack? Uh, pita chips. What TCG card were you the most wrong about? Glaceon GX. Disney, Cartoon Network, or Nickelodeon? Uh, Nickelodeon. Sandals or sneakers? Sneakers. Best retro format? Uh... 2009 2010 cities also known as dpar what are the toppings on your perfect pizza um meat lovers and extra cheese how do you like your steak cook uh medium rare favorite deck you've ever played uh zorark like in rock 1718 favorite vegetable um corn if someone played you in a movie of your life who would it be Oh, the the guy from uh, the guy that smokes the weed in all those movies. Um, <laughs> Seth Rogen. Uh, Sean, Seth, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Go to emoji when you're texting a crush. Um, the ooh eyes. <laughs> Let's go, and that's time. Okay, so you made it through eleven. That's an F. Nice. But ah. who's grading anyone? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, you're. I will you're say teacher, so these are. are my favorite answers, though. <laughs> so how come Locke? I don't know. That was like pretty similar to what I would say as well. So, <laughs> so you two are just the same person is all I've heard. Yep. I, I don't think pita chips are my favorite late night snack, but they're what's next to me. So that's <laughs> this is what I ate last night. So that's what we got. <laughs> I mean, that is the fun thing about these because it's just so hard sometimes to be like, that's not the correct answer, but it's the first thing. That's I That's probably of. the one that tripped me up the most was late night snack because that's an important question. I'm impressed. Coming up with the person to play you in a movie is usually the hardest one. Yeah, I couldn't get the name in my head fast enough. But I'm glad that you knew guy that smokes weed in movies was Seth Rogen. <laughs> I mean, there's really only a couple it could be, right? And he's got to be at the top of that list. Yeah. Yeah. So why 2010 as your favorite format? Uh, well, not specifically 2010. So or- it's 2009 cities. Ooh, is this the Gyarados 09... format? Yeah. He- not the one where it had to be banned because it was so good. Darn. Um, it was the 0910 cities, so it was um it was every diamond and pearl set was so basically it was like um it was like sun and moon through cosmic eclipse, but for diamond and pearl. Okay. So it was diamond and pearl through platinum Arceus. So it was when all the EX had rotated and before any of the heart gold soul silver came out. So it's like 2010 worlds with two less uh sets 
And um, I have about, I think, 10 complete decks built for it so far, but I'm working on more. It's, it's also like RSPK, basically. Mm -hmm. It's DP through AR. That's it's a block format. Um, and I think that's the prime design of the Pokemon trading card game because it was a format. It was in a complete block set with no multi-prize Pokemon, um, with level Xs, which were basically stage threes, um, with two interactive cards that let you cancel your opponent's abilities on your own turn. Uh, on their turn, I mean. Wait, what else besides Power Spray? Uh, Alakazam from Mysterious Treasures. It has Power Cancel, and it's a Poka Body. I uh, know a Poka Power that you activate on your opponent's turn when they activate a Poka Power, and you discard two cards from your hand to cancel the, their power. Um, oh wait, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's my favorite card um, in the game. Because like Power uh, Spray as a hand trap feels like it, yeah. would, it would annoy me no, if I played competitively they, in that format. I would hate it, but Alakazam yeah, feels they, fair. They both had things that make them feel fair to me where if they reprinted it, I wouldn't mind because um, Power Spray, you can only use it if you have 3 SP on the board. So your opponent has some knowledge that it could be coming down or not coming down, whether you have 3 SP on the board or not. And Alakazam, of course, is literally on the board. Like, you could pick it up and read it and see that your power might get canceled. Mm -hmm. So I've always hoped that they would print a um a stage one like that because that's very fair i don't think they would ever again do a power spray thing where it just can be like random out of the hand and it feels like Yu-Gi-Oh. but i think on the board would be good it's just with the um combination of powers and bodies into abilities mm -hmm. it would have to read that you can only cancel a once per turn ability with it to make because those are basically what powers are but yeah that format's really good and balanced you can basically pick any level x out of a hat and make a deck out of it so, what's your favorite level X to play? Maybe not uh, Leafy yet, on but... level X. Okay, Leafy on level X. I have that built. So yeah, I have it built. Um, yeah, Leafy on level X is my favorite level X, and um, my favorite DP deck is probably Tyranitar Flygon, which is mm -hmm. a deck that didn't exist at the time, but my mom and I created while making the retro deck collection. So, um, that's one that I've been playing a bit. Nice. I do love the idea of playing a block format seems really good because the card designers presumably they build in a block sun and moon to they do. cosmic eclipse mm -hmm. right or rs yep. to pk or yep. yeah exactly so, yeah i don't know if they did all the way back then but they definitely do now yeah and it'd be nice to have that as an actual format because in theory it should yeah. be balanced and fine and fair and fun mm -hmm. in theory yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about evolving skies and i intro you with this one my not my favorite card. That's a lie. I think my favorite card's Raihawk. But my favorite mm -hmm. card that no one else is talking about is Zinnia's Resolve. Mm -hmm. I think it is a very playable supporter. It is discard two cards from your hand, then draw a card for each of your opponent's Pokemon in play. And it just seems to me like such a good card that everyone's saying, I'm just going to play Research and Marnie the whole time. So please tell me you agree with me that Zinnia's Resolve is a playable card, either of you. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely playable. Locke? What uh, do you think, Locke? So this is like one skill that I think a ton of players lost this past like two years, like just building hands. Like Pedro in Players Cup 3 tournament, he played one how <laughs> or hop. Yeah, yeah. And then he used it like every single round. And he would choose it over a Marnie or a research, like at least once a round, just because 
he knows, oh, it's better to build a hand. So I know what I have a guaranteed follow-up turn that my opponent can't stop me on of doing. So, and that's what like I kind of enjoy most about the set is that there's like so many good backup supporters, so you don't have to just play for Marnie for research in every single deck. Oh yeah, there's because there's that Raihan is definitely a playable supporter. We get Copycat and Judge back, which are technically cards that you could also play in a deck. Oh, we don't get we don't get Judge yet. We don't get Judge. When do we get Judge? Um, Probably November. Yeah. Oh, how unfortunate. I mean, which mean hop unfortunate. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that that's my absolute love of the set of like I think. I think it's way more playable than people are expecting, and I'm going to put it into every deck and have chat tell me I'm wrong every time I build a deck, which is fine. That's part of streaming right. is chat telling you you're wrong. Yeah. Do you two have any cards out of the set that are kind of that same way of like, well, we know Umbreon VMAX is good, right? But like other actually, cards that... I actually just wanted to back you up on Zinnia a little bit that yeah. um, I'm going through my decks that I have built so far, and um, I do have... Um, I have two Zinnias in my Sylveon Urshi Galarian Moltres deck. Um, and because that is a deck that specifically wants to discard some cards, you know, it wants to discard dark energy so Galarian Moltres can accelerate energy and you can energy switch. Um, and like Locke said, the building hand thing, that was a big skill in the game prior to like the past year of bad formats and online play. Um, because like back in Zorark days, it was a skill to know that you need to Sycamore or Cynthia prior to doing four trades because you want to build up the largest hand possible for next turn. Um, so you can kind of do that with Zinnias and you can do that with Corinna and you can do that with Erica's Hospitality, uh, but you can't do that with, uh, research because you dump everything that was already in your hand. Um. And so I like Zinnia's Resolve in decks that specifically want to get things into the discard pile, because if you were playing decks like that, um, you know, now and before, you could just play your four research and two or even three Dedene, like Mad Party did. But Dedene is gone, so now in a deck like Sylvie, Urshi, Moltres, I have four research and two Zinnia's Resolve. And then, of course, the staple four Quick Ball, so you have ten total cards that can discard things. Mm-hmm. One thing. So yeah, I wouldn't play it. I, I, I don't think... At the moment, I'm not playing it in place of research in any of my decks. Yeah. But I am playing it because I want more research-like cards. I think that's something that is kind of underrated by a lot of people since we've lost Ultra Ball, is just how good mm -hmm. discarding is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've tried the GLC format, but uh, I've been playing yeah, it on yeah, stream. Yeah, i played in it. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Every time I build a deck, I throw Ultra Ball in there, because... Duh. And people are like, why would you like, no, you can't ever discard cards. And it's like, it's kind of really good in a format where everyone runs N and most people run stamp. Like I do want to yeah. play ultra ball. It's really nice. Like discarding. Yeah. Is yeah. Good. I, I started back up coaching after, um, I took a break from coaching for like the past, like six months, maybe I forget while I was on my last stint of grad school. Mm -hmm. And, um, I restarted it a couple weeks ago and like so many people are afraid to dump their resources. Like, in GLC, even, it's like, oh, I, well, I only have one of every card. Well, 
you're not going to use 60 cards in one game, you know? Like, I'm dumping half of these cards. I don't care. I want to draw more things. <laughs> so, you know, like, um, you have to really, like, say, like, yeah, if a resource is going to be, I cannot win this match if I discard this resource, yeah, you want to keep it. But, like, oh, I, mean, I don't want to get rid of this. It's a really good card. No, you, you want to see seven new cards. Like... <laughs> <laughs> So going back, are there any other cards? I want to bring up Zinnias again once we get to post-rotation because I had a question I was going to say, and let's save it for right now. Are there any other yeah. cards from Evolving Skies either of you are like, I think people are sleeping on this a little. Even this card like Zinnias that like some people kind of flirt with is like, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Like, are there any other cards that you think are good? For me, I know you disagree, Melo, but it's, it's also copycat. <laughs> Why copycat, Locke? Uh... I don't know, even going back to, like, Rebel Clash format, everybody played four research in their, like, VMAX deck. But everybody debated, oh, is it four Cynthia's or is it four Maris? And I think Copcat is so strong that you can make a case, same case. Mm -hmm. How large are hands going to be, though? So if everyone's running the Inteleon engine, are people going to get hands where copycat's better than a draw like four or five of? Or is this like... Yeah, I don't feel like hands are big enough. So hands will be big enough if Zinnia catches on and if Chino comes back as a main engine. But like, if... Like, because if Zinnia is happening, you have a five-card hand and then you add six cards to that and then you play three of them, that's an eight-card hand. So yeah, I'll copycat an eight-card hand any day of the week. But... If you're using Inteleon, so you're going to play a card to Inteleon for a quick ball and another card, and then, like, you know, you're you're going net zeros or sometimes even negative with the Inteleon engine. You're not building up a bigger hand. So there are some cases, sure, where Copycat's good, but I don't think I'd play it unless I already maxed out my Marnies and also my researches and maybe even tried adding in another draw support or two. Because, like, I don't see Copycat as a consistency card because, like, early game it can draw me three cards um so i see it as more of like a uh, a powerful try to dig for my stuff kind of card and if i'm playing a deck that needs to dig for non-supporters to win then i think it can be good but i feel like a lot of times especially in post rotation or especially in a three prize pokemon ruled format i think a lot of times what you're digging for is like a boss and so copycat doesn't help me out there but like if you're digging for a special energy that you can only play four of or if you're digging for you know a rare candy plus x combo piece in the late game then sure copycat sounds fine do you run it as like one of in an inteleon deck for those times you just go drizzle for copycat for seven or eight cards it's better than marnie when you want it to be right when you can search it out yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the like issue. Like, oh, Marnie only gets you like five cards. So, if you're looking for a specific yeah. card, most of the time, Copycat would be better. So, yeah, a Copycat sounds fine for that. So, yeah, I I agree with Locke. Like, if you're playing, I agree with Locke. The Copycat has some sort of merit. Um, and if you're playing a deck that your last turn of the game, you're not always just looking for boss or you know something that a copy can't can't help you with 
then yeah, copycat sounds fine as a one of in an Inteleon deck. And worst case is that if your opponent doesn't have a big hand, you just dump the hand with Marnie. But like if you're playing like Ice Rider, like I don't think there's ever a late game turn where you're not playing Melanie or Boss. Um, so like I don't think it would work there, but it it could work in some things. Um, I I'd even say maybe like a deck like Reggie Drago that like just needs to like find its pieces all the time could potentially try running copycat. Would a single prize deck ever want copycat over Brune? Um, that's that's the I, that's I a thing. So. Yeah. That's a thing so. again. Like I I don't love Bruno because in the early game it's not a consistency card. That's so it's like the I have a similar problem with that and copycat. But like I don't know if I'd run for Bruno. So that's fair. yeah. Every time I played like a single prize deck and I went, played for Bruno, I go. Oh, I'll play a turn two Bruno for four cards. <laughs> yeah, Oops, it I lost the game. <laughs> it's so bad. Let me see how many Bruno I'm playing in Reggie Drago. Um, I'm playing four research, three Marnie, three Bruno. Um, like, yeah, sometimes like I even wish that Bruno was just a fourth Marnie because like the turn one Bruno is just rough. <laughs> yeah, a deck that has a setup, like I assume that's a Cherum with Bulu and like other single yeah, prize, or I don't, straight Reggie I haven't Drago? Um, it's mostly straight Reggie Drago. It has one Bulu, one Tropius. Um, I haven't tried the Eldegoss engine yet, but I need to do that. Are these like real decks you're talking about right now? Like, is Reggie Drago <laughs> yeah, think, a real deck? Or so it, it honestly, so like you could say it loses the Rapid Strike Urshifu, but you can also say Rayquaza loses the Rapid Strike Urshifu. Um, so like. Uh, Reggie Drago on paper should just be able to out-trade decks if you can make it work consistently. So, like, because, like, it doesn't have, like, oh, but you need to find, like, you know, a, a damage modifier, or you have to find a specific stadium, or you have to find, you know, your evolution. It's literally just a little dude that hits 240, and all you gotta do is get it out there and slam energy onto it. So, like, it's not as circumstantial as some other things have been in the past. Like, we're not talking, like, Primeape, where you have to have seven Pokemon with damage on the board, and you have to evolve it, and, oh, you still need to accelerate two single-strike energy onto it, and then you might one-shot something. You know, like, Reggie Drago's a basic that just needs a stage one setup that's level ball searchable. So, like, Reggie Drago, like, has a pretty good chance to make a run, I think. Like, it, it could be a single prizer that actually cracks into Tier 2. Like, it could join Malamar up there if Malamar does it without Oracorio GX. I don't see why Malamar wouldn't still be a viable deck, right? I guess we're going into the post-rotation talk, but obviously Oracorio is very good. Like, that helps the deck immensely. But also, it's just, it is a strong deck. Like it mm -hmm. does hit yeah. very hard. And when you have the whole meta being V maxes, you get that extra turn of setup that you don't get against a lot of tag team decks, right? Yeah. So is that, um, have you tested Mali a lot? I haven't tested Malamar at all, but I've tested Reggie Drago. You have to get on the Mali. Um, <laughs> I'll probably just hold out till PTCGO. We only have a few more days. <laughs> um, a card, if you don't mind, that, I, that nobody's talking about. Um, from Evolving Skies that I actually have in a deck is Fashion Mall. Or I don't think it's called Fashion Mall anymore, but that was the original translation. You're going to have to tell me what that does. <laughs> so it's a stadium card. Somebody's going to have to tell us what it's actually called. 
Um, once during each player's turn, that player may choose a tool card attached to one of their Pokemon and return it to their hand. So what are you comboing this with? Okay, so I have okay. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out, Kevin. So yeah, I don't. Think I have this to. in. I have this in my Suicune Umbreon Altaria Victini deck, um, and this deck does function. Um, it's a toolbox deck that really reminds me of Zoro Rock because you have the Altaria Suicune engine just getting you what you need, and then the Umbreon V Max gusting things, and then you have a combination of Melanie and Raihan accelerating energy to your board. Um, and I have Fashion Mall in here because I have, so I have five tools. I have two Cape of Toughness, two Air Balloon, and then I have one Tool Jammer to uh, negate opposing Cape of Toughnesses. And I really want three Cape of Toughness in here because one of the powerful things about Suicune as a main attacker is that it does, it has 210 HP and with a Cape of Toughness, 260, so it survives Ice Rider, it survives Leafy on VMAX. Um, it survives uh, some early Shadow Rider numbers. It, it survives a lot of stuff at 260, but I couldn't find room for a third Cape of Toughness, and I also needed at least three stadiums to be able to bump Path to the Peaks. So what Fashion Mall allows me to do, and I've actually done this in some testing videos on my channel, is that I can cape the active Suicune so that Ice Rider just hits me with Ride of the High King mm -hmm. because a 250 won't knock it out. And because it only has 160 on it, I can fashion all that Cape of Toughness back to my hand now because that Suicune won't die without it and reuse it for the next Suicune. Okay. So I like fashion mall when you don't have a better option because you I don't want to training court in this stack because I want my energy in the discard pile. Um so we're in a situation where Sometimes you need to play stadiums for your deck because of Path of the Peak, but there's no stadium that's, you know, made for your deck like Rayquaza has or mm -hmm. like Single Strike and Rapid Strike have. Um, and Fashion Mall actually fills that stadium slot while also allowing me to play a little bit of a peculiar tool lineup. So what stops your Ice Rider opponent from just going 250 and then finish it off next turn with a quick shooting? Isn't that just the move? Um, they can do that, yeah. Yeah, sure, they can do that. I, I was... Yeah, I mean, if they're gonna play quick shooting Inteleon, yeah, sure. No one should listen to Tate and Lee. They're just wrong. <laughs> I'm team quick shooting. I don't like, I don't like quick shooting without Cobalion GX and Articuno, though. Like, those are the only cards that would make me consider quick shooting in... Uh, cause, like, with tag teams gone, there's nothing I want to quick shoot unless Suicune Cape is just that, like, <laughs> everyone hops onto it, which I don't think will happen because the general population will keep playing VMAX decks. Um, so, like, I just don't see quick shooting Inteleon being that viable, that valuable over the course of, like, let's say, I'm always thinking of things in terms of, like, a regional or an IC. Um, so, like, I don't think quick shooting feels valuable over the course of nine rounds of Swiss in the projected meta in my head, of course. That's fair. I'm still also in the, go for it. In Mel's <laughs> situation, uh, like that only, that also only works if the opponent has back to back melodies too. You, so. you always have back to back melodies. <laughs> if you just always draw good cards and you win, that's, that's the strat. Am I the only one who does that strat? 
Uh, no, back to back Melanie's happened for sure. But um, you, all, I am playing Umbreon Vmax, so you know I could just gust up that Drizzile and take care of it the old fashioned way. Well, that's rude. <laughs> that's it. Okay, that is an interesting deck. I, I will have to see that actually work to actually to believe yeah. it. But <laughs> it's in my Google Drive. If you want it, Kevin, I have like twenty decks in there. I tweeted it. Everybody has access to it. Ooh, what's your you Twitter for anyone who wants it? Uh, Celio's underscore network because Celio's network is taken and not used. We won't talk about that. <laughs> How unfortunate. <laughs> yep. So post rotation. Why is Rapid Strike Urshifu not the beat? Like, why should I buy anything except a Rapid Strike Urshifu deck? Why is it broken? Why is the meta ruined? Why do we all hate post rotation? Why should I angrily tweet about? I can answer all of these. Which one do you want first? Do you want okay? Why shouldn't you? Why should you buy anything that's not Rapid Strike? That's a that's, that's a, a great start. question that I think people want to hear. Um, so if you just want to buy Rapid Strike, let's say it is the best deck in format, and you want to just buy that, but you want to play in maybe let's say let's be conservative. You want to play in like a play limitless TCG tournament. A, a large one once a week, maybe, and have a good chance at doing well. Um, maybe your locals are starting up. You want to go there and perform well. Rapid Strike Urshifu is going to get hard countered, you know. And you, if if let's say the hard counters do actually beat it, you're going to get frustrated if that's your only deck, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, like let so let's say people start playing Duraludon V Max, and you know, a a good reason to play the Raladon VMAX is if everything's just Rapid Strike Urshifu. Um, because you're never hitting it with Rapid Flows. Uh, or you're, you have to only attach, uh, not Rapid Flow, Rapid Strike Energies. You have yeah. to always have basic energies on it to be attacking it, or you have to play Path of the Peak in your Urshi. So the reason the, the reason it's always not just buy the BDIF, or why should I buy something that's not the BDIF, is um, because the BDIF is going to get hard countered at some point. Like, right, like, in, let's just relate it to something we can look back at. In Team Up Through Chilling Rain, I wholeheartedly believe Shadow Elk is the best deck in format, but its matchup spread and its performances aren't oppressive because the meta had a form around it. Just like when ADPZ was the best deck in format, but it didn't really have anything better than like a 55-45 against like the top five decks because the meta formed around it, but it was still the deck that everything centralized around. I do think Rapid Strike will be either the deck that everything centralizes around or one of like the two decks that everything centralizes around. Um, and whenever that happens, there's going to be people, you know, actively just trying to beat you. So that would be my reason not to buy Urshifu. But um, I, I did say in my tier list video, my like my early post rotation tier list video, that like um, I'm not putting anything in S tier because that's ludicrous before the format even starts. But if I were to put some, if I had to put something in S tier, it would be Urshifu. So, mm -hmm. but it's just in tier one with like three or four other decks. With Inteleon or with uh... with Inteleon? Moltres. All right. <laughs> Yeah, with Inteleon. Moltres, I think I put in like 1.5 or 2. Thank goodness. I just, I can't get behind that deck ever. Moltres is cool. I mean, maybe maybe someone will... I mean, here's the thing. It, it I think any deck tier 2 or above can win tournaments, and we, yep. we can talk about that more as we go, but yeah. We, we can just... Yeah, Urshifu's good. Urshifu's very good. Yeah. I mean, that's something everyone needs to hear of like, a deck can be good and take an auto loss. 
or a deck yeah. can be good and be a little inconsistent. Because I have people, I still say Pikaram's good in the current standard format, and everyone's like, no, what do you do against Urshifu? It's like, I beat most everything else. Yeah, Pikaram should be played more than it is. I said this last week. I put it, I did a like a final tier list for current standard and put Pikaram in tier two because it is a tier two deck. It's just not being played. Yeah, and people there, just there to... are decks that there are decks that are overplayed that are tier three. You know, like just because a deck <laughs> is not played or is played doesn't mean that it's good or bad. Yes, it's very important to take note of, especially as we talk about this. Like, because everything we talk about, like people will pick whatever deck they want to pick and yeah you know stuff is gonna happen right like but yeah and that's a very good thing i don't know if you want to jump into like my overall perspective on post rotation yet or like if you want to yeah, sure. ease into that okay Be wherever um, you want to go i know literally nothing about post rotation except <laughs> right. i bought my intellion v max box because i think that's a good deck cool yeah it's a great yeah. deal you should definitely buy that in the toolkit 2021 <laughs> um, if you don't already have all the cards from the 2021 um so Post rotation, I feel like, and especially because we're going into a fresh format, you know, it's so nice going into a post rotation format because everyone's on even ground. You know, it's new for everyone. It's new for the new players. It's new for the veterans. It's new for everybody in between. So that's really nice um, for the community and the competitive scene. Um, but I think that I think that there is a less discernible gap between the tier one-ish, 1.5-ish decks, and the tier two to three in between. Um, I think there's a less less of a gap. Like, the, the VMAXs that are just pretty good are actually playable right now, in my opinion. Like, mm -hmm. something like Delmai's VMAX that you couldn't bat an eye at before, like, all you have to do is be a consistently setting up three prize Pokemon that can two-shot other three prize Pokemon. And I think you have a decent chance at making the VMAX you like work, you know? Especially like I, if the weakness is not popular. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't feel like there is a large gap. Like, prior to rotation and prior to especially before Sword and Shield and Battle Styles, like, most VMAXs were unplayable and there were a lot, a lot of decks that could not function. And even if they did function, they couldn't beat the fast basic Pokemon. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like there's not as big of a gap between, like, these are the decks that are winning, that I we think are going to win tournaments, and these are the decks that are almost good enough to be up there with them. Like, and and like, like I was saying earlier, like, a tier two decks win tournaments, like, and pe people, like, almost get offended when I put a deck that they <laughs> just built in tier two. And I'm like, listen, this is like, this is the deck's there probably because it has a consistency problem or like it loses to the two top decks but beats everything else like and sometimes those tier two decks are going to be a really great call for a tournament based on the projected metagame and sometimes the bdif isn't going to be a great call for the tournament based on the projected metagame um and i feel like i've been telling people that i think you can find a vmax that you like and build a deck around it and even if it's not going to win worlds maybe you can like get top eight and play limitless tournament or win your locals with it whereas prior it was like uh you're you're gonna get beat down by brushy's art pika ramen adpz you're not gonna have a good time and i don't think it's really like that as much anymore like nev nothing we're never gonna have a 
card game where everything's playable, right? That's not a Pokemon problem. That's just, there are going to be cards that are better than others. Yes. That's, but I like, yeah. That's game design. <laughs> that's just how it works. Yes. Yeah, that's video games. That's card games. That's, you know, everything. <laughs> but I, I think that um, there are a lot of cards you could pick up and build a functional deck around and they might not be the best but they will work and you will be able to win games with them and so that is looking very bright for me because that's great for teaching new players and people playing casually um yeah i'll, I'll stop talking to you guys <laughs> <laughs> lock i know you i know you can jump in on this one for sure oh yeah i'm i'm a fluke like this set like Especially like Evolve's guys, like all the V Maxes are just good enough that there's nothing like terribly bad about any of them. Like you can make a deck out of any of the new V Maxes that are coming out. So, and it kind of does like remind me of like like Rebel Clash, where like all the V Maxes were like mid tier, like Inteleon V Max at the time. And it does remind me, like, play-wise of, like, Guardians Rising, where even, like, a very bad GX, yeah. like, Metagross GX, was, like, could win a tournament at a, like, League Challenge or League Cup or whatever, just because of, like, of how consistent it is. Yeah, yeah, like, Metagross GX, um, I just saw... Chris Shemansky post. <laughs> yep, that's what he <laughs> just mailed his... Yeah. yeah, like, Metagross GX was a... It was like a pretty mid GX card, and it was a stage two, and it wasn't doing anything in absolutely insane, but it was consistent, tanky, and had healing cards to support it. So it went into the right metagame and won. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Locke that it it's almost like a uh, like a Walmart brand GX era, um, where I, a Tablemon said this. He tweeted that, like, wow, if B-Maxes were, like, a little weaker and worth two prizes, this would actually be a really <laughs> great format. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think post-rotation is more playable than anything we had to put up with uh, for, like, as I call it, the eight months of darkness, where, like, Darkness <laughs> Ablaze, Vivid Voltage, and Shining Fates were our new sets. Um, like, that was just a grueling time to be a Pokemon TCG player. Um, but... I mean, Pikaram, um, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was before I liked Pika Rum. I hated tag team so much that I literally just wouldn't queue up a game with Pika Rum. Like I couldn't bring myself to do it. Oh, you're the um, worst person. What? <laughs> but then I but then I played it and I went on a 24 game win streak in Players Cup Four qualifiers. So like I saw the light before it was too late for Pika Rum. <laughs> no, that was a card. As um, soon as it came out, I picked it up and I was like, "You're mine forever." <laughs> um, what was I saying? Everything's uh, viable if the you're talking about Tablemon's tweet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like um the format, I don't like okay, some every year it happens. And I've even seen it in other card games where people are like, oh, rotation is gonna be great. My my janky like tier seven point <laughs> B deck is going to like take the world by storm. Like you'll see it every year, like, oh my god, like um What's what's a really bad card, Kevin? Uh, let's go with a really bad VMAX and go with Drakezolt VMAX. Yeah, like, oh, Drakezolt's finally meta now that post <laughs> that rotation's happening. 
um like you'll see that all the time like people think that rotation happens and everything's fixed it's kind of like the new year's effect like people make a new year's resolution because it's a new year and then they don't do anything it's the same thing with rotation they think everything's going to be better because uh four sets are leaving and we're in a new season it's not like that but the rotation does feel like a playable format like i don't want to quit pokemon because of it um so it's neutral, I think, at the very least. Would I would I rather that there's not going to be three prize Pokemon always? But um, I like that it feels like there can be some creativity. Like when I built that the that monster Suicune, Victini, Umbreon, Zapdos, whatever else I said I put in their deck, um, and it actually functioned and was beating Ice Rider. Like I felt good about things. <laughs> I am a fan. The numbers that they put on the cards are very clearly thought out. Now, obviously, yeah, there's yeah. some issue of like they had to Oko tag teams. They tried to mm -hmm. gatekeep tag teams and failed miserably, but they tried. Yeah. But that means they KO evolving Vs. So there's yeah. a bit of an issue there. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the bad part. Yes. But otherwise, nothing Oko's anything realistically. Like you have to rose to a Rayquaza to Oko anything, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, you can do that, sure. Build Rose Rayquaza. Maybe it's broken. I don't know. But, like, all the numbers yeah, are so nice. that's actually the way to play Rayquaza, but we'll get there. <laughs> I, I, I just don't like Rayquaza. I just think it's oh, okay. not particularly good. It's Yeah, it's I mean, fine. it could beat Rapid Strike, and people think it's just never going to happen, but... <laughs> but... No, the Rose Engine does let it do that, right? Because you only need yeah. one Flaffy plus a Rose, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and an Attach. Yeah, that's, that's super doable, right? Like, you can Rapid Flow two Flaffies. I got another one. Boom, you're gone. But like the yeah. numbers are very clearly like well thought out. The 120 from G Max Rapid Flow, you still have to three shot stuff to actually pull that off. Like it's not super easy. Now, of course, there's Passimi in their site, there's other shenanigans. Yeah. Can, but those require game planning, those require deck building. Those are things that you can potentially play around by KOing the Passimi. Yeah. Like it's just, it's really cool that it feels like every single thing has been thought about in that sense. Yeah, creatures either stopped or restarted sniffing the kitty litter with battle styles. <laughs> um, with, <laughs> um, and like, yeah, because like Urshi needs Sight Basimian to knock out Crobat. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's so nice that Urshi, like, it is incredible. Like, a year ago, I don't think I would have believed it that the what we're saying is the best card in format, its main attack doesn't even two shot other VMAXs. Like that is incredible to hear. Like it, it reminds me of like like Locke was saying, like a scuffed GRI era with like Acerola, or that was probably Burning Shadows, I think. But yeah, like yeah. like Acerola and that kind of stuff with like being a two shot meta and deciding do I heal this Pokemon or do I get another one set up this turn or do I gust them? Um, and like you guys said, I completely agree. The problem is that like Ice Rider knocks out Ice Rider V. And Leafy on V Max knocks out Leafy on V, and you know, et cetera, and so on and so forth. Yes, that's that's the thing I'm still afraid of. And when we had uh, mm -hmm. Joe on the podcast, that was the very first thing I was like, "Please tell me I'm wrong." And he's like, "In my testing, I can't quite tell you that yet. So can mm -hmm. you tell me I'm wrong? Is it not just I won the coin flip and got the turn two boss and win the game, or do those high roll type games happen frequently enough to worry about?" So, um, when I test for a new format, I first, I, I, I have two, um, 
two kind of ideologies I follow. If it's a straightforward deck, I'm keeping it straightforward. I don't want a lot of text in it. So like my Ice Rider and Teleon deck, I've built it maybe with two fancy cards that we added in later. Like there's a fan of waves in there because we realized so many times against decks that are playing capture energy, we were Inteleoning for one card. And if we could fan of waves, it would set up a checkmate scenario. Um, but that would that might also be just us metagaming a two-person metagame of 15 decks that we built and are only playing against each other, but that's besides the point. When I build for a new format, I try to keep the straightforward decks con very consistency-focused. And then in a deck like that Suicune thing I told you about, <laughs> I'm trying out everything at once as like a, a trial and error kind of thing and see what sticks and what doesn't. Um, so I, I have two very extremes, like very consistent decks and ones that are all over the place, but I'm trying out everything at once. Um, so with the decks that we're worried about, are they going to be too consistent? Like, you know, the Ice Rider, Attach, Pass, Attach, Evolve, Boss. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah. But you also have to take into account how many decks can circumvent that and how many decks can come back from that. Like, Urshifu... You do that to Urshifu, they Raihan Rapid Strike, Evolve, take out both of your Drizziles. What do you, and then next turn, that kind of sucks for you. You have to have the Melanie ready in hand, or your Attach Passing, or your, you know, Attach Research to try to get ready for next whatever. Um, Leafeon V, I, I cannot stress to you, Mellow, how happy I'm about Leafeon <laughs> V. Like, that, that just, like... Hope is restored in me for the Pokemon <laughs> trading card game because of Leafy on V. Because you can turn one, start Sobble, and capture energy to it and get your Leafy on V, and then Greening sells out your energy and not miss energy attachment. But what's great about Leafy on V is that you can capture energy to Leafy on V to get another one and Greening sells to the second one. Mm -hmm. And then no matter what they boss KO next turn, you have an attacker ready to go. And at that point, Leafy on VMAX out Tempo's Ice Rider, because now you have a VMAX that's fresh of damage with two energy that they don't have to discard to attack, and you're doing 240 to them. Now they have a damaged Ice Rider that they either attach Melanie to and just admit that it's dying next turn, or they start setting up a new one and let you take out that Ice Rider. So... Uh, things like the Leafeon that accelerates energy to itself, things like Galarian Moltrace that can uh, excel and then switch, things like Raihan, things like Raihan and Urshi. Um, there there are a lot of things that circumvent or play around um, Ice Rider aggression or Eternatus boss aggression, whatever the two energy boss kind of thing that we're afraid of happening. Mm -hmm. And like I said, yes, it does happen. And there are games where it happens and we just scoop them up because there's no coming back. But there's also games where I've actually had these games multiple times during our IRL testing streams where like, let's say my mom's playing ice rider and she gets to turn two boss KO on my whatever V of whatever deck I'm playing. And I'll be like, oh, if we weren't streaming, I might just scoop this one up because it's pretty frustrating. But you know what? Let's play it out. And then I'm able to actually come back, um, which is very hard to do without end or reset stamp in the game. But it's doable. I've also also during those streams have said many times, that, <laughs> oh, I would win here if I had reset stamp to one. But I know I won't because reset stamp's a lie. Nah, stamp always works. <laughs> there are zero clips of me being tilted at a reset stamp that didn't go my way. Alright, to go off uh, Luke's point, like, Melo's point is, like, one of the biggest complaints that I have 
I've heard from the format where mm-hmm. everybody just goes to me, oh, going first is too overpowered. They get turn two boss, they just win. The other complaint I get is, oh, going second is overpowered. They get turn one Marnie, and I brick, and I lose. So, so they can't be both overpowered. They're both overpowered. I keep <laughs> losing. It's clearly the fault of the coin flip. <laughs> is Marnie doesn't seem that, because if you have a turn one Sobble, so this is why the Inteleon engine is just the best engine, right? Yeah. Because a turn one Sobble lets you get Marnied into like six, Countless 10, out. 12 cards in your deck. Not even counting the supporters, right? Level ball, Countless Evo out. Incense, the Drizzile, and then, yeah. So is anything not running the Inteleon engine? Besides like Eternatus, Shadow Rider that have their right, own engines. Right, yeah. Um, well, Suicune Altaria engines are Suicune Altaria, but Suicune also has its draw one, which is a little addition to the Marnie. And it, if it draws into an Altaria, it can top deck the supporter and then draw one. So that's kind of similar. Is the Suicune um, Altaria engine a real engine, or is it just a yeah? That's a, no, that's no. I think that's a real deck. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a real deck. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, it's a real. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's. What else do we have? I, I'm looking at all the decks on my table that are surrounding me you can run cinchino would be a consistency uh, one you so Fla- so flaffy decks aren't running drizzile so rayquaza but they have a rayquaza to evolve into um off the marnie um my rillaboom delmi deck is not playing drizzile um but that's i i saw omnipoke say in the chat leafion can brick and you can still play and that's like true as heck in our testing because like you get that turn one extra energy on board and then you can like whiff energy and still be fine yeah um and i feel like that about the delmise deck that i have built as well um it also has cricket which is a little bit of a not a marnie proof but uh lets you draw some cards but um like delmise v max doesn't actually need rillaboom because if you attach then leafy on on turn one the next turn you just attack with a manual attachment. So that's like um a deck that doesn't it's not high maintenance to do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. which is nice. I think um, a real quick shout out to that one. We were casting the finals of the tabletop tournament and it was Agrao in the finals. Agrao Delmise. And I understand it got the boomer up, but someone in chat was like, how does the deck not brick? They play like one draw support. And it's like because mm-hmm. that type of deck just doesn't need anything. Like once it has this yeah. very low maintenance yep. thing set up, which in the case of Delmize, you can manually attach. I've won games on ladder in this format manually attaching to Delmize because yeah, because you can big. even set up a little damage on the first attack and then use the second attack. Yep. So like it's a, it's such a low maintenance deck that not everything needs an engine, I guess. It, which is a really yeah. good point that you brought up. Like if you have a deck that just doesn't need much, then you don't need much. You can get Marnied and be totally fine. Yeah, I saw someone in chat mention Zashin V kind of engines or like car- decks that use Zashin V's Intrepid Sword early game. Um, so like Duraladon V Max decks will probably do that. Um, the Zashin Inteleon deck that I think will survive into the EVS format, I do think that's a good deck. Yeah. Um, that obviously uses Inteleon, but also um, there's like theory of like Zamazenta's option like just trying to be like a Luke Metal without Luke Metal and use Crystal Cave and Rusty Shield and stuff and that would use option as draw support um I'm just scrolling through the decks I have built to see if anything doesn't have Inteleon um I also tried um Ice Rider Chinchino 
I also tried uh, Jolteon VMAX or Beetle VMAX Shinchino, which I think does have some potential, but I was playing it with Aurora Energy to use Aurora Beetle as an attacker, and I think that's just incorrect. Just use it as the Eerie Beam, and that's it. Um, well, let's and then there's Shadow Rider. Yeah, uh, yeah. so th there are... And then there's also Sylveon, VMAX, Urshifu, Galarian, Moltres. Um, and I don't think anybody can play Inteleon in that deck because it doesn't have enough room. You know, and that's a deck that's been... Yep. Yeah, so you play Octillery in that, but it also has um, Sylveon that searches you an item. Um, and I've actually played this deck and got Marnied and had to take a turn off to then just use the Sylveon get an item for next turn. Um, and it's not ideal, but it's better than being Marnied and passing. You know, so like the deck has something that's going forward in that scenario. It's that logic of like right now it's really frustrating to play against like LMZ, for example, because there's so many turns where they pass, but that means they draw mm -hmm. three cards. And yeah. if you're saying post rotation, you have Leafeon and Sylveon and Zashin, of course, where your mm -hmm. pass is really powerful. Yeah, and even even things like um you know, quick double using two quick shootings and then passing, or using Galarian Moltres and then passing. Um, like today, a friend that hadn't played Pokemon for like three or four months texted me and was like, "Why um, does Henry Brand's Ice Rider deck have Cobalion GX in it when we didn't play? We didn't tech this in anything for years." I was like, "Oh, because we finally have good design. Like we we have cards, <laughs> we have cards that don't end your turn or attack that are valuable. So like you can use fiery whatever on Galarian Moltres and use quick shooting and then iron roll and then do it all over again." So actually, I, like, if I could pick a card to stay in post-rotation that's not reset stamp, I would just say, like, let's keep Cobalion GX, rotate all the other GX mechanic, because, like, I think Iron Rule's pretty cool. But yeah, um, like you're saying, passing is not always bad with the card pool that we have mm -hmm. available to us now. And I think we're getting even more, well, not that Intrepid Sword's passing, but not attacking. Yeah. Um, not putting damage on the board. You know, um... Like, and I'm really excited to see if we keep getting more things like Leafeon and Sylveon. I hope so. I'm a big fan of. Mm -hmm. Anything that lets me search my deck, I'm just such a fan of. No offense I Arguably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love, like, the whole on Mentor days and stuff like that. And, like, Cyrus's Conspiracy. Um, I might have even liked Sylveon more if it put that item on top of your deck, just to Marnie-proof you. <laughs> 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 i mean that would be like what if it just said either one right and then you could yeah choose. yeah that would be that would be insane i'd be like five stars to creatures for that <laughs> one but well they'll get four stars yeah. for the Sylveon for now yeah you can't let your players actually choose things that would require no. thought mm -hmm. decision yeah. yep that's yeah. why i was a big person at first of like why isn't avery let us discard our bench to three and of course everyone's like mm -hmm. the card would still suck who cares shut up but it's like yeah. But then it would be cool, right? Like then it I would, would actually be... play it in a deck, maybe. Right? <laughs> like, oh, I can get rid of my Dedene. Sick. I like that. Yeah. So bro, what was it? Oh, let's talk about Boomer real quick. Uh Dura not Duraladon. Delmise. There we go. Talk about Delmise. Because this is my favorite. I think my new yellow, sorry, Pikaram, is gonna be green. I really like the green stuff that's gonna yeah, come. Yeah, me too. Mathion's cool. Delmise is cool. Yeah. Hear me out. Locke's heard me say this before, so Locke, you Don't can say disagree. Flapple. Uh, he's going to no. say Flapple. Although, <laughs> let's, ooh, let's get to that. 
Trev, a 1-1 Trev line in grass deck seems good as a potential closer to just tell your opponent, don't discard too many supporters or I can potentially OCO you late. Lock Luke, me disagree. Trevenant. 40 for each supporter in their discard pile. Which, if you're running four boss, four research, four Marnies, they're not going to be all in the discard pile, but you're going to say, don't put them there or else. Okay, so how many do I need in this card for you to one shot Eight. like a nice rider? Okay, let me, I'm counting, I'm Eight. going, I'm just going to randomly pull a few of my decks that I have built and see how many supporters. Okay, Shadow has 11, um, Leafeon has 10, uh, Jolteon has 11, Ice Rider has 10. Okay, I guess it's... <sighs> I'm talking about one one yeah. line. I'm not talking about a deck. It'd be a god awful. Yeah, deck, no, 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 no. But... I know. I know. No, no. It's not a deck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think if Ditto V was like Ditto Prism, then I'd be all about it. But I don't know if I want to commit an entire two spaces. All right, you don't have to, but I will. Okay, we'll make that's a good deal. <laughs> deal. You do it, and I'll watch. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I'll throw an EXP share in the deck, and we're good to go. Yeah. See, but yeah, Delmise V Max. Yeah. Um, I it, agree with you. I'm all rare, about the green guys. Rare candy, Rillaboo. Is this a real strategy? Are we going to Skyla for rare candy like the Bulu days? Oh, we're peonying for turf field and candy, and then play, and then drawing four with Crooked Tune. Oh, I messed up. There we go. Okay, <laughs> so you're running peony in your yeah. Yes, I have. Um, hang on, I have my drive open did you want me to link the drive in the chat so people can see what decks i'm talking about if you could and for anyone listening i'll have it linked in the description of either the youtube video or whatever podcasting platform you're on it'll be in the description box of the pod as well so you can check that out however it is you do it i don't know how you listen yeah, to us and, but cool. and also a warning for anybody that does these decks are like meant to be like baselines for you to start testing and trying out things yourself some like a very few of them have gotten to where i think they're actually like tournament ready optimal decks most of them are just like rough ideas and like i've probably updated them since the google drive so they're not all like they're not perfect you know like there's there might be some things like that are obvious mistakes Oops. oh i just got modded out from your chat for posting the link <laughs> you're good i got you <laughs> can i can i share it now Yeah. Uh, it was identical to the. Okay, we got it. Okay, cool. And that's <laughs> so, yeah, um, Delmise. So, um, good deck, real deck, rare candy. Rare yeah, I, yep. yeah, I think it's real. Um, and it's real because of Leafeon. If I needed to get rare candy Rillaboom turn two, I wouldn't have even bothered proxying the deck because that's just that sounds awful. Um, but because I can just go turn one capture. Oh, also, I I will I say this. I try to say this as much as I can on my videos, my streams, everything. Attackers that have a colorless requirement in their attack are so good because of capture energy. So I, that goes for Leafy on Vmax and Delmise Vmax because I can attach a cap energy to Delmise turn one to get the Leafy on, and then Leafy on's greening cell to Delmise pass. So I don't have to capture for the Grookey and hope I can get Rare Candy Rillaboom. I can actually capture energy for something that gives me an instant return on my search and set me up for next turn where all I need is a manual attachment as opposed to a Candy Rillaboom. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then and Delmai's VMAX is just like very solid. Like I'm not saying it's a broken card or even on its own it's very good, but I think it now has the support that it needs to function. And at the end of the day, if you're swinging 240 at anything, then you know you can two shot everything that's around. You can one shot V's. Um, and there are matchups where like Eternatus, you can knock out a V Max, a V, and then swinging Chain of Zigzagoon or something because they filled up their bench, you know. To go back to the capture energy real quick, I think it's definitely mm -hmm. one of those cards that everyone should be picking up right now. It's in the trainer's cool. toolkit. So if you need your Crobats, you need your research, you need your mark, go buy the trainer's toolkit. It's worth the cost if you need those cards. Because uh, it's a dollar, dollar fifty card right now. Shout out to Jake for hooking me up with four of them also. I don't know if you're listening, Jake, but appreciate that. But uh, it's it's really good. Like Capture Energy is mm -hmm. already a really good card. Like any deck that can play Capture Energy in the current standard feels good. And the yeah. fact that you'll be able to play it more readily in post rotation feels even better. Because yeah, can grab there's your more Sylveon, attackers. Your Leafeon, your Zacian, like which is good. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice consistency thing that I really like. I really like that you can have that because there are so many decks that just feel bad when you don't get quick ball turn one and you have to pass with like an suboptimal thing to use next turn in the active. So like I love capture energy because it gives us options. It gives us it doesn't only give us options in game, it gives us deck building options as well. And I think it's really powerful that a strong attribute of Leafeon VMAX and a strong attribute of Delmise VMAX is that capture energy works with them because of that colorless energy requirement. Um I think that's really good. Like I don't it probably wasn't purposeful for capture energy to work with these cards like that. I'm sure that wasn't the entire idea of the design, but I think the design's meshing well at this point. So it, it creates moments that feel good to deck build and to play, in my opinion. To be fair, we have a lot of cards that provide colorless energies. All the special mm -hmm. energies, unlike, because strong energy was just a fighting type Pokemon, stone energy counts as a colorless, or a fighting mm -hmm. type, which essentially colorless. So like, you have those, you have... What's the new special energy we get from the new treasure set that no one's going to play? Treasure. Treasure, treasure energy. Lucky energy? Yeah. Oh. Or, well, that's another one too, right? Lucky energy. Yeah. Like, we have cool colorless special energies that no one's going to play for the most part. But I'm wondering if they decided, like, hey, let's give them the option to play these cards mm -hmm. that are unfortunately very underwhelming, right? Yeah. But exist. Yeah, for sure. And there was a long time that I wish Capture Energy was just a Call Energy reprint, and actually now I'm happy that it's not, because it allows us to use Capture and then use these end our turn effects like Sylveon or Leafeon. Lock. Are you going to sell us on Single Strike? Or have you given up on the Single Strike for the future? Because um, we haven't heard a single thing about Hounding <laughs> in any of the non-Inteleon decks. Well, it does fix the one issue of VMAX is not being able to OKO another VMAX. <laughs> so that is like the big positive that it has. And then, then it also has Umbreon coming up too. So you, got, you already saved some deck spaces by cutting out your boss instead. That is true. Umbreon is a single strike Pokemon, huh? Yeah, single strike's one of the first decks I built for testing, but um, it's not it's not a single strike Urshifu deck. He's just in there. It's it's four four Umbreon V Max, 
um, and then two one single striker Shifu. Um, and the single striker Shifu puts in work sometimes, but it's really just a little bit of a beat down deck um, with Umbreon V Max because you're two shotting everything. Uh, after a few single strike energies, you'll one shot a couple of V's and stuff. Um, but you could just chase down Crobats and Eldegoss like the good old days, and uh, then like after you get hit, slap a scroll down and hit that. Do we think single strike becomes more viable? And I'm saying this because there is a large contingency of the player base who wants single strike to be better than rapid strike. Now, I don't think any of us think it's going to be better, but is it going to be viable post rotation? Yeah. 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 I keep I telling, so. I keep telling people if they're still building it with four, three or single strike or Shifu, then no, it's not going to be viable. Like you have to, you have to respect that every card like Umbreon that's ever been in the game, to my knowledge, has been a mainstay of the format. Like, it, it, the, it, like it's Luxury GL Level X, Lycanroc GX, and Umbreon VMAX. Like, these rulebox-ish Pokemon that gust on evolution and have a decent attack, like, they're always just very, very good. Um, and it saves a pro... It, my theory about like the whole VMAX plus a support Pokemon thing and why some VMAXs aren't good. It's because they have to be paired with another stage one and then neither of them um, progress your board or progress your game. Like single strike Urshifu VMAX plus Houndoom. Neither of them are drawing cards. Neither of them are searching for cards, right? They're just, it accelerates energy great, but it doesn't help with your consistency. Whereas Shadow Rider Alk, why does Shadow Rider Alk work? Why People told me not to throw two different VMAXs into a deck. Well, it works because Shadow Rider has like seven different abilities <laughs> tossed into one. So, so Umbreon VMAX fixes a bit of a problem that Single Strike has. It doesn't draw you cards, but you have a two-in-one. You're gusting and attacking and you have a good typing and honestly yep. your v is also very good because it can one shot shadow rider v max with its second attack so even if you whiff it does uh 180 if you're damaged or 160 if you're damaged oh cool so it's synergized so with hound do yes um so like i feel like single strike urshifu was a deck where i was like i don't even want to put boss in this thing because i'm never getting the boss like i'm researching every chance i get because i need to see more cards to actually set up consistently so um now with umbreon v max also being a card that can utilize capture energy um you know i i like it oh there was something i was going to say off of that now i just uh completely blank <laughs> yeah hate to see it <laughs> So from post-rotation, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of viable strategies that are fairly different from each other. Like there's the linear, I'm going to punch you in the face type stuff. There's targeted spread, I believe is what uh, Captain Wonder called it. Shout out to one of my mods friends when we were talking about it. Because it's not like the Coco Lele where you just like vomit everywhere and hope <laughs> that the numbers work out in the end. It's like, yeah, I need to take these six prizes by going here, 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 right? Mm -hmm. What else is there as far as like these general strategies? And I know you've already alluded to a few of them, but like, what what are some of the ways that the games will be played out besides like Ice Rider? I'm gonna Melanie active and go boom, and Urshifu's right. I'm gonna rapid flow and hope that everything works out. Yeah, I mean we have our straightforward beatdown decks like Ice Rider and Four Four Umbreon and Leafeon, and I'd even say Eternatus. 
like we have those beat down decks that are just trying to do their main attack for somewhere between like 200 and 270 mm -hmm. and just knock out whatever it can as fast as it can um and that's like the bread and butter of a format like this where we just have three prizers versus three prizers and there naturally is going to be a lot of linear stuff. There is going to be a lot of fast games. I'm not saying the game is fixed by any means or that it's like back to its glory days, but um, there are going to be frustrating games because of everything being worth multiple prize cards. So there's going to be games that end quickly that you don't really get to do anything with. But uh, there are also um, decks that can do a tank and heal strategy. Um, so I have a Jolteon VMAX Inteleon deck, which I've tested. It's on the channel as well. It plays for Cheryl. It's a very simple deck. It's 4-4-3 four, four, Inteleon, 4-3 uh, Jolteon, a couple of Zigzagoons, and then just all consistency aside from the Cheryls. Um, and you just try to make your deck run playing Cheryl as often as possible. Really, you only have to do it like two turns maybe to win. Um, so I might take that down to three Cheryl. Mm -hmm. um, it's like I said, a lot of those decks that I built are still pretty early, but it does feel like I'm playing a different strategy when I play it because I'm putting out that Jolteon, I'm hitting 100-100 and say, if you don't knock this out, I'm probably healing it next turn and we're doing it all over again. And then again, you don't knock it out next turn, I'm probably healing it and we're doing this all over again because of Elemental Badge. Um, so that is a that is a very rewarding deck to play, and that feels very fun. And it's all it's not really a targeted spread like Urshi because you do have to hit the active as well. Um, so it is a different kind of strategy. Like sometimes you do need to boss because you need to hit this and a benched Pokemon. You know you don't get to just pick a hundred to two places. Um, so that's a very fun and different deck to play. Um, now, Duraludon VMAX, I have mentioned it a couple times. I don't think the card is good. I actually think it's very poor for being one of the poster cards of the set. But it's definitely playable. I don't think I could put it below Tier 3, because it is a Tier 3 deck. It does have reasons to play it. Now, do those reasons outweigh the reasons not to play it? I'm not sure. But people kept begging me to build it, and I said I was... Uh, I didn't want to build it, because I was like, why would I put this why would i make this deck and then not just attack with zashian and zamazenta um and that's kind of what ended up happening whenever i thought my optimal plays were like optimally i just ended up attacking with zashian and zamazenta in testing and like if the raladon happened to find its way onto my board maybe i would use it um it does check a couple ticks because like it swings through things it can't be affected so it has that shred effect so that's nice against like Zamazenta and against Decidueye. Um, it kind of has that built into it, which is cool. And then it just walls off all special energy decks. So like Sylveon Rapid Strike decks that play six out of nine of their energy are special. Or Rapid Strike Urshifu or Aurora Box decks that a lot of their attackers need Aurora energy on. So it does have good attributes and that's a point that i've been trying to get across to people is that even the decks that i'm saying aren't that good still have some reason to play them and some reason why they can sneak out some wins so you're missing and, something oh wait lock you go first before i go ahead. change the subject <laughs> okay all right so like the format kind of reminds me of like the 2018 to 2019 season like um Sun and Moon no, to early, early tag teams. 
Yeah, it was like Sun and Moon to like Celestial Storm. That was was the point where we lost research and N, and we had the Lily Cynthia. And everyone was like, how do I play the game without Sycamore? Yeah, late 2018, right after Worlds. Yeah, so like uh, there was also no comeback mechanic because we just lost that. So there's Mm -hmm. four ways of coming back in a game. Um, Like one is just um, like healing, which is like. In 2018, we had Ace Roba. Now mm-hmm. we have Cheryl, which is what yep. Luke got to with uh, the Jolteon build. And Seabold. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, so we have Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> God, that card's so bad. Yeah. Continue, Lux. Uh, so the next way to come back is like Snipes. So in 2018, we had the Coco to Lele spread thing. Now we have just Rapid Strike mm-hmm. doing side damage or whatever. Uh, three was it is like impossible now, but like back then we we did have like a single prize tech Pokemon that can attack. I don't think that's happening now, just because of all the like energy management Vmax is taking. But uh, it's it's possible. But and the fourth was control. So back then we had resource management Ranguru. Now we have like. Hammer and Phantom Waves. <laughs> Flannery and that's what, like there's yeah. th- there's stuff. Yeah. We l- yeah. go back and listen to Sander on the pod. He seems <laughs> he seems to know something the rest of us don't know. Yeah, the Starly well, like, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why like I don't think Duraludon is as bad as you think it is, just because it does it has like some of those built-in comeback mechanics built into the card. That yeah, yeah, I do think Duraludon is, uh, I, I, like I said, it's viable. It's playable. I, I think it's bad for being the poster card of, like, Japan's half set, but it's definitely not bulk. Like, some people think it's laughably bad, and, like, it, it's just not. Like, people are like, oh, you're going to build a Duraludon VMAX deck? Why would you waste your time on that? Like, no, it's a real deck with real reasons to play it. And a lot of things are, unless you're trying to build a Flapple VMAX deck. But, <laughs> like, a lot of things are real cards with real reasons to play it, and that's just so refreshing to me, because I truly believe that. Like, I, I do really believe that, like, you can build a deck around, like, a good bit of VMAXs and, you know, do fine for yourself. Shout out to Team Omnipoke in chat, who every time Luke mentions the word Duraludon and doesn't follow it with the word sucks, is furiously typing about how bad yeah. they think the card is. Omnipoke's about to start a petition for like people to unsub to me because I keep talking about Duraludon in a neutral tone. <laughs> so I was looking through your list of decks. I didn't look at the list list, but I look at the decks you had. Yeah. You're missing. One of my favorite cards from the set, and one of the things like, I want to build, which oh, is from the set. Okay, Glaceon. I'll go say Victini. Yeah. Um, Why is there Glaceon no Glaceon? Cool. So Glaceon V Max is cool. Um, I'm having a hard time building around it because I feel like it's a card that I would love to build around in for like the Pog format, or if a couple cards didn't rotate. So like Chaotic Swell is very important. To, to Glaceon VMAX for keeping Path of the Peak out. Um, and kind of like, do you remember like that um, 
colossal vmax engine that i had started around vivid voltage like just playing like the snorlax and your 4-4 line of vmax and like a bunch of malolanas and stuff like that yes like so like i think that idea i actually had that in a video i think that idea kind of could work well for glaceon vmax as well i don't feel like glaceon vmax is that good in standard or in post-rotation standard, or at least I feel pretty unmotivated to be the one to make it good. Now, do I, again, I think it's viable for sure. Like there is definitely decks that you might just catch off guard and lock out of the game, or they might have a couple counters to you and you take care of them and then win the game. So I, I do think it's decent. Um, I just, it's a card that I'm not motivated to test with right now. Um, and there were so many cards I was motivated to test with for all the, like the pre the the content leading up to release and everything. Um, another one you'll notice there's no Victini Vmax deck on my Google Drive because I just don't, don't feel that. like I, who needs to test it. We know what it does. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it patches it, bosses it, hits it. <laughs> like good, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Glacian Vmax I think is um, it's good. I do think it's a little underwhelming. I do think its attack could do literally 10 more damage, and I might be more excited about it, because um, it does 150. Hear me um, out. So Hear it, me out. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Cheryl Crosslass. In, in, in Glaceon? Glaceon? yeah. It needs three energy to attack, though. Yeah, but you can play yeah. a 4-4 four, four Frostlass. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I know I said. (laughs) All right. Listen, guys. I know I said that we should try out our ideas and most things are viable, but. (laughs) No, I mean, that. Make it work. It's like Coco. We made Coco work. Azul won a tournament with it. I got top 32 in a 250 person tournament. It's It worked. We're going to make Glaceon work. Since you said. Since you said Frostlass, I do want to say I think Frostlass is wildly unexplored oh, in Ice Rider decks. Like, oh, gosh. It, the my Chino version my, where you can Cheryl and... Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Like, I, I wonder... Like, that's one of the things. Like, most online tournaments we have are best of one because we just want to get... We don't want to be at our computer for as long as we would be at a regional. And also because most of them are in one day, right? Yeah. Like, we have to do nine rounds and then all the cut. We're in a... Re- like, so... <laughs> i wonder if in a, a six round phase two into a cut yeah 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 <laughs> so i wonder if in a best two out of three atmosphere where best two out of three was the norm if ice rider chinchino with the frost last a couple scoop on that cheryl and mute two and to get the supporters back and all that if that would have been better in a best two out of three whereas when we're in this best of one almost entirely best of one atmosphere we just want to play the most consistent thing to beat our opponents down and that's the drizzile and teleon engine because that's what's going to consistently get us actually playing the game and doing what we want to do whereas the chinchino stuff actually might have more potential that's untapped do you, is that where you were kind of thinking for glaceon or just period about frost for for, for for ice for ice rider frost last being unexplored yeah. well because i remember in the beginning i i tried it out right and it was like mm-hmm. when you pull off those plays it's really really powerful but i mean there's reasons why the inteleon version just felt better the whole time but yes mm-hmm. i think frost last seems really good like mm-hmm. it accelerates we keep net it lets you play a different supporter in the same turn like it just yes. seems like the type of card that should be good 
Yeah, it's like you can accelerate and boss. So like um I think being able to accelerate plus boss seems good. And I already run one scoop up net in my Ice Rider and Teleon lists because yes. it I just feel like it's fine as a switch out for your drizzles and stuff and you get to reuse something um use two whatever um so yeah i think frostlast is very underexplored and if i was more interested in current standard ice rider i'd probably be trying it out more i did have frostlast in like you know like as con content creators do we build like a million decks in the first weekend of release <laughs> and like in those drafts of ice riders i did have like one one frostlast with scoop up nets but um, as time went on and other people made more streamlined lists and I wasn't entering tournaments playing Ice Rider, I kind of just stopped trying to innovate that because I was more focused on optimizing Shadow Rider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's always... But a I, yeah, I do think Lass is un underexplored. It's always tough as a content creator where you're like, I'm going to do all the decks. And you're like, mm -hmm. oh, this one seems good, this one seems good, this one seems good. But then when you actually have to be a try-hard player... Mm -hmm. you you can't do that anymore you're just like i need to play this one deck and refine it and yeah and then you leave this other yeah. stuff on the table that you're like i know this is good like dark box was the first thing i built for the format and i was like this is really good but spirit tomb's more fun and people eventually yeah, yeah. figured out how good dark box is right like, yeah and they yeah. built better lists than i built and all that good stuff but it's like oh maybe yeah there's something yeah i know you've had decks like that too where you're just like i wish i had more time to put into this thing yeah for sure and like because i have to like right like ever since the pandemic i didn't i haven't had to split my time between being a content creator and a player i could just be a content creator mm -hmm. um and so a lot of times my player side has just end up ended up being whatever i was content creating at the moment like happened with you with coco v max or whatever or spirit tomb like you were playing those on stream and they were fun and so you tried to make them better and played them in tournaments and stuff right whereas like maybe if you were just sitting down for four hours in a discord call with your friends with no stream and stuff and just trying to figure out the absolute best play for next weekend's regional you might not have even ever like thought about playing coco v max no i would have thought about that. no you would have yeah. <laughs> in really general like card <laughs> in general nobody would but you you would you're you're the outlier <laughs> i mean it paralyzes that's really good yeah it paralyzes good I did see your Bolton list has a Coco V Max in it, and I'm like, I'm sold. Yeah, let's go. Let's. That let's one was Coco. fun to play. That I can vividly remember that stream being one of the times where I said, if I had stamp in the stack, I this I gotcha because I got my mom down to a one prize to three prize scenario and i got the paralyzed playoff it was beautiful and then she just has like oh i'll just switch boss like <laughs> <laughs> like cool thanks all right uh i know you're pressed for time so are you have time for some questions from twitch chat yeah absolutely let's do it perfect i want to make sure we get these give the people what they want yeah although anyone watching this you can always go watch uh luke's Twitch channel and ask him all the questions you want there. He loves to be asked many questions. Yeah, questions are free content, so please always come ask me questions. That's less don't, thinking I have to do if don't you tell bring them your own question. <laughs> <laughs> iPod Memorizer asks, should there be staples reprinted in each format that help give the game balance? For example, N, a bench barrier, a discard draw seven, etc. And Locke, you can so also actually, jump into. 
I actually did a video on eternal cards, like what ifs. Um, and I vehemently believe there should not be exact reprints or cards that we always have in format um, because that would make the formats not unique. But that doesn't mean we can't have things that do the same things. Can I counterplay so, like, Switch feeling like a card that yeah, is I healthy? Mean, Switch being? is just a base... It's a basic game mechanic. We need that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but like a bench barrier, right? Like, do I would do I want a bench barrier in standard? Yes. Does that mean I would request that they reprint Mew? No. I would rather they make something a little bit more abstract, like uh, Guardians Rising Machoke, or I even drafted up some custom cards like. Um, you know, a bench barrier that only blocks damage from roll boxes, or, you know, I would like to see something that gives you a deck-building option to block bench damage, but I don't just want to reprint a Mew, you know? Um, and I always would prefer things that give us deck-building options as opposed to just instant includes that aren't actually options. Um, so, on the... So, no, I don't think we should have things that just stay in the format all the time that are like that. Um, except so like with N, right? Like I so N, I think is a card that makes formats healthy, um, more so than Marnie, of course, because in the early game it's six and six, but it, later on it balances out based on who's winning, um, unless they can make something that's even better than N. The thing is with Mew Bench Barrier, I don't want to reprint because I know that they can do better than Mew mm -hmm. with. And like I know they could be more creative and make something that's good. Excuse me. Make something that's good for the game, creative, gives us deck building options, gives us playing options that's better than Mew, that's not just an exact reprint. With N, I'm not sure if they can do better than N for what it gives you. Like, I'm not sure if the purpose of N can be made more abstract or if they can make it better. Like, Ace Trainer, kind of, but it's still not N. Mm -hmm. um, so N, I wouldn't mind a reprint of because... I'm not sure if they can add on to it. Whereas with the bench barrier thing, they can make different kinds. So we don't have to have bench barrier in every format. I think that's an interesting, I like the ideas and I did see those cards that you had mocked up like, oh, it's a only blocks from rule box Pokemon or it prevents snipes onto your non rule box Pokemon is another one. Yeah. I've heard people float out there. Those are, yeah, those are cool concepts. Mm -hmm. And I also think there was one, I saw someone tweet this out the other day because like people are like reprint Ultra Ball and then people are like, no, that sucks. And it was like, why are people opposed to consistency cards? And it's like, I agree with you 100 percent. And Locke, I know for sure because I've seen the lists you make. You agree <laughs> with this as well. The cards that are so blatantly good that you play them over everything else just aren't fun. Like Field Blower. Yeah. Field Blower was really good. Like <laughs> as you just put it in your deck because it was your stadium and your tour. Sick. Ultra yeah. Ball. Ultra Ball is really good. Like, it's your deck thinning and your Pokemon search. So, like, I don't think those types, I agree with you 100%. Those types of cards being immortal would be bad because I would literally just never unsleeve my Ultra Balls or whatever. Like, why would I ever play yeah. anything else? When I, I did do that. I never unsleeved my Ultra Balls for two <laughs> <laughs> When I did that, like, what if we had Eternal, for, uh, Eternal Cards um, video? Two of the ones that I said I wouldn't mind were N, of course, unless they could make something that's a more creative N, 
for us for a given format you know like oh we have n in 8 in 2018 but in 2022 we have this card that does a similar thing and fills the role but it makes the format feel fresh um so n and also uh lapras from fire red leaf green which was tapu lele but on a single prizer because I think having, and it wouldn't necessarily have to be, you know, Lapras. You know, in one format, it could be at level ballable HP. At one format, it can be, you know, a psychic Pokemon so Fog Crystal can grab it, etc. Um, and they could still work with that and make it unique or give it different attacks to do different things. But I think a single prize Pokemon uh, that can, on playing it down, get you a supporter is something that I don't think I would ever hate having in the game because it just lets you play the game you know um now of course i i thinking about it i don't like formats with supporter gust but that wouldn't mean that i wouldn't want us to have something that searches supporters searching supporters also to go back to Locke's point of i'm a big copycat fan that mm -hmm. makes copycat a viable card, right? Like Drizzile yeah. makes, you know, these yeah. one of supporters that you would never play four of, but you're like, I can see this being good. Like Erica's hospitality. If we had a Lele in this format, I think would be a much more playable card because sometimes your yeah. turn two supporter over yep. research would be an Erica's, right? Yeah. And there's been so many cards that I've heard like, um, I've heard other content creators talk about like in set reviews and stuff like this supporter seems good as a one of, but we don't have Tapu Lele. So nobody's going to play it as a one of, you know, <laughs> like um, I, I, I don't have examples cause I can't remember them, but like now we can do that because we have Drizzile and Teleon engine. So we can play that one Raihan in our deck or we can play the two bird keepers and get them exactly when we need them. But for a while there, it was pointless if you weren't going to play four four and three or four four and four of your supporter lines because we didn't have anything just tutoring them out mm -hmm. yeah that's to go back to your like i can't think of anything off the top of my head i can because mm -hmm. i say this all the freaking time that would be yeah one. flannery would actually be a pretty cool card stadium and special energy where a one of wouldn't be I, the worst thing in the world right i have flannery in my suikuno target deck because i can put it on top and draw it and it's an out to um, removing Chaotic Swell, uh, not Chaotic Swell, Path to the Peak, because I also have resource Primate Wisdom R and Guru. So if I'm under Ability Lock and I need to use Umbreon VMAX, I can Altaria Flannery, draw into it with Guru, play Flannery, Umbreon VMAX for game. Yeah, it's, um, so it's like, beautiful. That right? gives me a reason to do that. So yeah, actually, so I don't think that would be that's another thing so like you know how i said like we always need something to search supporters so i think having the altar the altaria coming into the format is nice and that's kind of like a take on having something like lele or lapras obviously it's not as good because you can't just toss it into one deck you can't just toss a one of into a deck and call it a day um but it's kind of like that idea i was saying like if they can make something that fills the role of n but make it different i would welcome that with open arms i just don't know that they can do that whereas i think like we don't have lele but we have altaria and some decks can play that so like that's good anything to add lock um i pretty much just agree with fluke on this so so we're adding to the theory that you two are the same person <laughs> lock and luke it's not too far. it's not too far Stellar Wish Gaming asks, and we've already kind of alluded to this a bit, 
uh, anyone who watched my set review, they know my opinion on this. But thoughts on Raihan? I think it's one of the most exciting supporters or at least so far in the Sword and Shield era. That's what Stellar said. So thoughts on Raihan, both of you. What do you think, Locke? Um, I don't know. I just see it as like the Rosa replacement. <laughs> I uh I really like it. Um but it's gonna see niche play at the moment, unfortunately, because in a VMAX meta, your opponent's really only knocking out one Pokemon, and when they knock out the second Pokemon, ideally for them, the game's over. So you have one window to use Raihan if you're playing a VMAX based deck. And in Urshifu, you have to try to create extra windows sometimes by, like, keep calling with a Sobble and hope they knock that out so you can right-hand that energy or using, like, um, whatever Urshifu V's second attack is first to force them to take a two-prizer instead of a three-prizer first. Um, and then there's decks like Suicune that is not a three-prize based deck that can use Raihan, or a deck like Regidrago that is a single-prize deck that can use Raihan. Um... So I do think it's going to be used niche right now, whereas in a in another world where VMAXs were worth two prizes, I think it would actually be much more talked about and a more universal card. Uh, but because of the limited amount of windows or just one window that you'll get in some games to use it, I don't think it's going to be worth the deck space for a number of decks. But it's very cool, and I love it being an option in the game. Oh yeah, definitely. Also, like I want to add, like for like those like lesser prize decks, we don't have the the Dene or Viridian Forest anymore. So you also have to get the what your basic energy into this card too. So mm -hmm. if you're trying to get it to work on turn two, turn three, yeah, I think it is 100% a staple in every Inteleon deck because how many times Inteleon deck players have you started Sobble? And had to choose, do I keep calling to set up my board, or do I attack to my attach to my main attacker? And Raihan lets you do both. You can keep calling, and the next turn, Drizzile to one of the Sobbles that you keep calling out into mm -hmm. your turn to attack. I think it is 100% a must-have in those decks. Not a four of, but it's at least a one. I love that card. Next question. Oops, I got out of the way. Boo CK asks, feel free to plead the fifth, the way that Boo worded this. Oh no. Where are Gengar <laughs> and Inteleon VMAX? And why does Pokemon only care about our money and not the players? Oh, I love these kind of questions. So <laughs> if Pokemon cared about the money and not the players, PTCGO would be monetized out the wazoo that I had five different loaning companies knocking on my door for my credit card bills because ptcgo does not allow me to just connect my bank account to it and go to the moon they don't just care about money um if they did they would be much more greedy with ptcgo the way that mtg arena is like uh predatory with their monetization so i don't think that pokemon at least in the card games just care about money now they care about getting product out there and selling it Sure. I mean, every company does. Um, but I, I think, um, you know, I think they, I, I don't really see Pokemon's card side of the company as just caring about money. 
Um, and also Gengar and Inteleon. I don't know. I just every people come into my chat with this every seven minutes, and I just say expect it by Christmas. Like I, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm answering support <laughs> ticket. <laughs> I, I, I really want the Inteleon. Let me keep calling out my Inteleon V, and I think I play that deck for the whole format. I just like Inteleon. Yeah, and I get to play like Melanie in an Urshifu deck, and it'd be optimal. That that'll be sick. Because like you you intelling on the energy into the discard, the melting it to Urshi and rapid flow, and yeah. it's great. See, wait, that's broken. Now we're talking. Yeah. Good. yeah. Hendrick asks, "What is the post rotation Zoropod? Quote deck that deck with the most fifty fifties and essentially no auto losses. So is there a deck that takes just a bunch of fifty fifties and minimal to no auto losses?" And Locke, do you have any thoughts on this as well? For me, it'd probably be Rapid Strike. Yeah, because you can be Shadow Rider. I don't know what else can yeah, counter it, yeah. except Duraludon, but I'm, I'm on Team Omnipoke with this. I don't think Duraludon's a real card. I think it's just a figment of Luke's imagination. No, I, it's not that I like Duraludon. I, I think people will play it, and I don't think it's... I think they could play worse things. Like, I, I think it's viable enough that it'll cut in tournaments and stuff, but it's not something I necessarily want to play or suggest that people play. Um, what was the question? Oh, the deck that takes the most 50-50s and no auto-losses, or no relevant auto-losses. Yeah, um, I mean, Urshi's probably the safe answer to this. I, I might say Zacian and Teleon. Um... It loses to Victini VMAX, probably, like almost definitely, but um, I'm not sure how popular Victini VMAX will be because of Ice Rider, but then what if Ice Rider is not popular because of Zashin? And, you know, those three might have a little bit of a dance together. I'm not sure, but um, Zashin and Teleon seems like pretty, like, moderate across the board. Probably a lot of, like, I have to do really well to win this, but it's definitely winnable matchups. Um, whereas Urshifu feels like it's more of the oppressor, like Urshifu kind of goes in expecting to win a lot of matchups. Um, but I think Zashin's kind of like a moderate matchup spread from what I've seen. So, yeah, Urshifu or maybe Zashin. That makes sense. Last question from Monkey Fuzzle. Maybe my brain is smooth, but I played the 2016 Worlds decks and the game seemed just as fast as it is now with Shaman EX. So, Locke, I know you played then. Luke, I'm pretty sure you played back then too, right? Mm -hmm. So, thoughts on, like, the speed that everyone complains about now, the game's too fast, ends in three turns, versus 2016, which I have no idea what a good deck was then, but I'm assuming Mega Ray, judging from the yeah. uh, Shaman question. <laughs> I mean, I didn't love 2016 either. Um, there, there are many points of the game where I took long breaks because I just didn't enjoy the gameplay. Um, so I, after Sun and Moon came out, I, I, the last time I came back to the game, meaning I haven't left since, was Steam Siege. So, like, a set or two before Sun and Moon. Um, so I had taken, like, maybe like a four to eight month break prior to Steam Siege. Um, because I just wasn't, like, the tempo of the game wasn't my thing. Um, now, was the game fast in the sense that players were setting up boards out of nowhere and drawing a lot of cards and stuff? Yes. But 
when knockouts at maximum are awarding two prizes and you have N and you have ability lock, there's going to be comeback mechanics and there's going to be games that last longer. And there's also things that make games uh, go longer. Like uh, I believe Waterbox would have been that year, like um, Articuno, Seismitoady X, uh, that kind of stuff. And then. So, you know, you already have Seismitoady X happen in there, so that's item lock. And then um, Greninja Break, which just, you know, uh, those games can be a little longer, although frustrating. Um, that deck is the definition of a comeback deck. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that deck yeah. never won yeah. a game that wasn't in Shadow Stitch. Yeah, so, um, no, I don't think the game in, like, the team-up through Vivid Voltage Dark Days were... I don't think it ever was as bad as it was like this past winter um, in terms of speed because it wasn't just knocking out tag team Pokemon. And and the way I always explain this, because I'll get people asking me, well, why not just play tag teams then? Or why not just play VMAXs? Yeah. It's like, imagine if, um, you know, imagine if you have two football teams right now, this is this hold on to your seats because this Ooh, might get a little ball. fuzzy. Let's go. It's, it's, it's been about... <laughs> It's been a few weeks since I've made this analogy. So <laughs> imagine imagine you have two football teams, right? Now, Kevin, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a hundred with you. I don't know how many people are on a football team. So we're just gonna say 10 and 10, okay? Sure. So let's say you have a football team of 10 people and a football team of 10 people. And this football team, you tell both teams, okay, you can add five people to your team, and you can play with five extra people on the board or on the field. But when the opponent scores a touchdown, they get double the points. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's say one team takes that advantage. They're going to steamroll every time, and it's not even going to matter about that double point advantage that the other team has because they're not scoring any points, right? So then the other team is forced to also add five people. And then, then you have two 15-person teams both scoring double when they score because since one person did it, since one team did it, the other team also had to do it. And that's exactly what tag teams are. You at there came a point where back in the GX days, in my opinion, you could play like a Zorark deck and get completely out traded because your opponent played a Buzzwool Garbodor single prize based deck. But there came a point with tag teams and VMAXs where even single prizers into VMAXs or single prizers into GX, tag team GXs, because of the resource and deck building advantages that the three prizers had, you could no longer prize trade effectively and you were forced to just get onto the same playing field as them, thus creating these games of two knockouts win the game. Off. Well done, Rush's arc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When Peeker on first. Does that make came sense? That, that makes complete sense. Like when Pikaram okay. first came out, the amount of Zapdos Buzzwool decks I beat at Denver Regionals, three, I beat three of them. And I beat, I was like six and one in those matches, right? And every time they're mm. like, oh, my deck body's Pikaram. Like, yeah, I specifically am teched against it, right? And it's like, no, it doesn't because your deck just has so much jank in it. And my deck right. just goes boom. And it's that exact thing of like, I have this big basic and all I have to do is do the thing and I win the game. As sort of a counterpoint, and the reason why I still like some through TEU more than some lot, I agree, is because in some TEU, 
Pika-Rom, even though it was a tag team deck, Zapdos. it was Pika-Rom and Zapdos and Jolteon and Tapu Koko. So, because if you just went willy-nilly with two Pika-Roms, you were losing. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, again, a, a lot of times. If the other deck was prepared for a tag team deck. Yes. Like, if the other person was Zapdos Lycanroc or, or Zapdos Buzzwool or, you know, Passimian or or whatever was around at the time to counter Pika-Rom, I can't played really all remember. Three of but those, yes. <laughs> or, or, Zor, or Zoro Rock, you know? Um... If your opponent was that and you went in just two Pika ROMs, which all my League Cup opponents did and points were free, then the tag teams still got out traded just like they did a couple months ago when they were just regular GXs. But if the if the tag team player adapted and played the Pika box deck that Bakari and Jenkins played and kind of popularized with the two Zapdos, the one one Jolteon, the two Pika ROM, you know, Jirachi's the box of everything, Pika box, yeah. and you played that correctly then you could actually just beat things that are supposed to counter you and be the best deck. But, you know, fast forward some time, and it came to the point where you don't have to play those single prize things to beat the single prizers anymore. You're just slapping down a Reshizard, and you're sweeping through everything because you have so much HP, so much consistency, so much efficiency. Cross Division GX, the single prizers. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, where's the single prizers in Henry's World's winning deck? I don't think he had any. I think he had a resetting whole Marshadow in there. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that's... You could counter I'll the, trade the buzzwolves. Buzzwolves. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I've done it before. <laughs> Gosh, I love Red Knuckles. What a good attack. What a good card. Like, I don't know. Anyway, I love Buzzwolves, man. Uh, any other thoughts? Cool. Luke, where can the people find you if they want more of this wonderful knowledge um they can find me at uh youtube.com slash c slash celios network i think that's how youtube urls work yeah, maybe yeah, i don't know celios network um twitch.tv slash celios network uh twitter.com slash celios underscore network um, and if you find me on any of those, I have like links and link trees and stuff for my Discord, my Patreon, my coaching services. Um, yeah, and I think that's all of that. Yeah. Locke, where can the people find you at? Um, I'm usually on Twitch on somebody's uh, Pokemon Twitch channel. So uh, you can just <laughs> click on my name there. <laughs> like, I, I mod for like. Azul, I'm mod for Luke. <laughs> so let's go. Oh, I'm like a a lot. <laughs> and of course, myself, you can find me Twitch, Twitter, YouTube at mellow underscore magikarp. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to leave a like, drop a comment below as well. Helps the algorithm. Our lovely Google overlords need more algorithm. If you're on iTunes, uh, leave a review. I assume many of you have. I haven't actually logged into iTunes. But I assume you've left reviews. And if you have, I really appreciate it. One day I will log into iTunes and actually read them. I promise. But uh, this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. Catch you all next week.